Hey family, this is Javer Fitzbogle and I am the creative director of the Detox Movement Global Ministries and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope that it blesses you. We hope that it challenges you and we hope that it encourages you to see that God is moving in your life. So come grow with us and enjoy the message. Man, God is so good, man. Guys, welcome to another TDM Bible study. Listen, I'm so excited for tonight. God is going to speak to us. I cannot wait to hear what God is going to share tonight. If it is your first time here, we want to thank you for being here with us. You can be anywhere on a Monday night, but you chose to come into the house of God with us. Yes, the house of God is wherever you are. We talked about this last week. Wherever the presence of the Lord is, that's where God is. So we see that God comes in to wherever you are when you invite him into that place. So wherever you invite the presence of God, that's where the Lord is. So we want to thank you for being here tonight. We want to thank you for joining us. We want to thank you for jumping into this Bible study. We believe that God is going to speak to us tonight, that he's going to give us clarity to see that he's been moving in our lives the whole time. So thank you for being here. If it is your first time, listen, we want you to connect with one of our after chat hosts or one of our chat hosts in the comment section, whether you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Zoom, if you're in person, listen, welcome. Connect with one of our chat hosts. We want to know where you're coming from. As a matter of fact, if this is your first time, put it in the comment section. Wherever you are, drop it in the comment section right now. Where are you joining us from? Are you from LA? We got some Florida in the house. We got some, oh, we got Palm Coast in the house. Oh yeah, I see that. Yeah, we got some Compton in the house, I see y'all. Listen, put in the comment section, where are you watching us from? Listen, we wanna thank you guys for joining us. And I'm excited tonight, because we are gonna speak, and God is gonna give us understanding and clarity. So if you have been joining us for the last couple of weeks, we have dived into this series entitled, Evidence. Mm. Evidence. One thing I know is this, God has been moving whether or not you could see it. God has been faithful whether or not you can believe it. God has been consistent. If you can receive it, you'll realize that God has been moving this whole time. When you were in the trenches, God was with you. When life was hard, God was with you. When you didn't think that he was going to come through, nothing was going to happen, you was in a hard spot, God was with you. When you were on top of the mountain, God was with you. And this series entitled Evidence has been all about understanding that no matter what, God has been moving, whether or not you can see it. But if you take the time and you take a moment to look back at where you came from, you'll see that there has been a trail, a paper trail of evidence been following you the whole way. God has been doing something in your life and we have come here tonight to talk about what God has been doing. Whether or not you believe it, God has been faithful, he's been consistent, he has been holy, righteous, available. Even when you cry out to his name, you think he didn't respond to you, God responded. The Bible says that he hears even your inward most thoughts. Not even your thoughts can escape God. So if God can hear your thoughts, then don't you think he can hear your tears? Don't you think God can hear you when you smile? He can hear you when you're going through a rough patch, when you're getting upset and you're feeling uh, angry inside. Don't think God can hear. The Bible says that God knows the inward parts of you, that he knows even your heart. 
and the condition of it. Tonight we're going to continue in this series entitled Evidence. This is week six of this amazing series. Have you been blessed by it? You've been blessed. Come on, just give Jesus some love. If this has been a blessing, put it in the comment section like, yo, this, this series has been a blessing. I got a message this past week. And the message said, yo, Javier, listen, man, uh, this is one of those series that people are going to look back years from now, and it's going to be a, a pilot that God uses to push this ministry forward. When I read that message, man, I was so encouraged because I believed it. Because I knew when God spoke to us earlier this year, he said, this year will be your year of evidence. Meaning, your whole work, everything that you guys do as a ministry, there will be proof to support that I'm with you. I believe that God is doing something supernatural in us. And as he does this supernatural work, watch this. There's evidence that comes along with it. Whatever God does, he always leaves a print. He always leaves a mark. And we started talking about this man named Moses, who did not know when he was younger, but he's now coming to realize that he has been marked by God. He's been marked with evidence that wherever he goes, he can find, if he looks, that God has been with him. We started off talking about a message entitled, Sent to Infiltrate. And it was in this place that we learned that Moses was sent into Egypt to infiltrate the land so that God could begin to do a work in him. Then we started to talk about how God brought him into this place and how God began to take him out. Last week, we talked about how God will sometimes send you into a place so you can experience a thing just to take you out so that he can call you to do something else. Moses was raised as royalty, but he was called to be a leader of change, an agent of change. And although all he knew was royalty, it was interesting how God had called him to lead something that he did not know. He was called to lead God's people. But he never knew who they were. He only know of them. I remember one time when I was younger, my daddy, uh, one time I was in my dad's car, right? I was like, yo, dad, uh, let me get your car, bro. Uh, you know, I'm trying to go on the street. Uh, I'll be back. And uh, he said to me, where are you going with it? And I said, man, I'm going to go see a friend. And, you know, that's like cold, bro. I'm going to go see a girl, right? You know, I'm going to go see a friend. You know, I'm going to go see a friend. He said to me, um, which friend is it? I told him the friend's name. I ain't going to put her on blast. But I told him the friend's name. He was like, um, I don't know her. Yeah, I used to hate when parents used to say that. Really? What do you mean? You're not going to know who it is. Like, how do you, how do you want to know who it is? He said, no, I don't know her. I said, Dad, you're not feeling what I'm saying. <laughs> no, you're, not, you're not getting me, right? I'm, you're not going to know who it is. He said, who is she? I said, all right, bet. Her name is so-and-so. He said, okay. So I said, I hit the car. He's like, no. Nah. I'm like, Dad, but I told you who it is. He says, I don't know her. I said, but Dad, you're, how are you supposed to know her? He said, I don't know her. Now, my dad, look, <laughs> I grew up like this, right? My dad, I grew up with a riddle type of pop. If y'all have a riddle parent, y'all have, anybody have a riddle parent where like they don't tell you why to anything? They don't give you answers. They just be like, you know, nah, like this is my house. Like this is what I said, right? I did not understand what my dad was telling me when I was younger. I used to get upset. It wasn't until I got older, I had a personal experience that changed the way I looked at it. This is what happened. Remember one day, I was talking to a friend of mine, um, Actually, it was my brother. And I told him, he asked me, he's like, hey man, you think I can do this? And I was like, I was like, nah. And he's like, why? And I was like, I don't know her. Now you say this, y'all. We don't know that you go, when you grow up, you start to reflect your parents a lot. You don't even realize it. Yeah, I started reflecting my daddy a whole lot. 
I was like, I don't know her. Like, bro, why would I? Why would I even approve of that? I don't know who she is. He's like, he's like, well, her name is so and so. Straight nostalgia. And I was like, but I don't know who you're talking about. And he's like, well, bro, you're not going to know who I'm talking about. And I said, well, that's the whole point. That's why I can't approve. And he said, but I told you about her. And I said, you're right, but I don't know of her. You see, see, the difference when you know about something and you know of something is one has a personal relationship. It's a relationship of understanding. See, a lot of people know about Jesus, but a lot of people don't know of Jesus. See, a lot of people heard about him in the streets. Yeah, I heard about that guy. You know, I heard about him. He's cool. He up there, you know, I feel you. But they don't have a personal relationship with him. And what we come to understand in this series entitled Evidence is that if you don't understand the relationship of God, the relationship that God is desiring to have with you, it is almost impossible to understand what has been going on in your life. Relationship is the most viable conduit to understanding evidence. Write that down. Relationship is the most viable conduit to understanding evidence. When you have a relationship with God, you become more sensitive to see when he's doing something. Oh yeah, that, that, I know what that means. I know what that is. That is God. Have you ever been in a situation where you're like, you just knew something was God? Like, that's God. That right there, that was God. Like, yo, that was God. You ever been in a time where you're like, man, I don't know, this could be the devil. Oh. That was definitely the devil. Today we're going to be talking about a message that helps us to identify or rather understand that there is a difference between God's signs and demonic signs. Today we're going to talk about a teaching entitled Signed, Sealed, and Delivered. Signed, Sealed, and Delivered. I'm going to read here from Exodus chapter 7. We're going to read verse 1 all the way down to verse 13. Exodus chapter 7, verse 1 to 13. Before I read, I remember that there was a specific time in my life where I remember that I had sent a specific package and the package that I was uh, the package that I had sent out, I was hoping or I was expecting that this package would have been sent on time, right? Because I had sealed it with the right documents, so I thought, and I had expected it to get to its destination. I remember specifically, there was one of those times where like, I don't know if y'all ever sent like a really important document, and you're like, yo, this document doesn't get to where it's supposed to be at the right time. <laughs> it's gonna be a hard day, week, month, year, whatever. This is one of those situations where I needed a document to be sent at a specific time so it could reach at a certain time so I could accomplish a certain thing. It did not make any of those things. In fact, when I had sent this document out, it came back in the mail. So I don't know if, it, I don't know if you knew about it or maybe, I know, I know one person know, I told a couple people about it. And what had happened was the document came back like 30 days after and it was supposed to get there in like two weeks. And I don't know if this anybody's ever happened to anybody where you're expecting something to go a certain way and it doesn't happen. Today, we're going to talk about it. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Exodus chapter 7, verse 1 to verse, uh, we're going to read to verse 13. 
I'm gonna read it. We're gonna dive into it. We're gonna talk about it. I'm gonna get this message. I'm gonna grow in faith in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Exodus chapter 7 and verse 1. It says, And the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh and to your brother. Aaron shall be your prophet. Verse 2. You shall speak all that I commanded you, and your brother Aaron shall tell Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go out of this land. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and although I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt Woo! and bring my hosts, my people, the children of, Egypt, of Israel out of the land of Egypt by the great acts of judgment. Verse 5, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I stretch out my hands against, the, against Egypt and bring out the people of, of Israel from among them, Moses and Aaron did so. They did just as the Lord then commanded them. Verse 7, now Moses was 80 years old. He was old. And Aaron was 83 years old. So his subordinate was even older. He says, now when they spoke to Pharaoh at this particular time, verse 8, then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, prove yourselves by working a miracle, then you shall say to Aaron, you shall say to Aaron, take your staff and cast it before Pharaoh, that it may become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. commanded. Aaron cast down his staff before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent. Verse 11, then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers, and they and the magicians of Egypt also did the same thing by their secret arts. For each man cast down his own staff, and they became serpents. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staff still. Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen to them as the Lord has said, signed, sealed, delivered. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for today. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Father, for sending us your word that we could come together to grow in understanding and wisdom and knowledge and favor with men. God, I pray that you will bless this conversation. Let this message be a point of contact for you to invoke change into your people. Father, we thank you, God, for what you're doing in us and through us. Let this word become seed. Let our hearts become soil. Father, produce in us. Give us clarity and remove the clutter. In Jesus' name, amen. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Let's dive into this conversation tonight. Now, we understand that Moses, we've been talking and we've been learning about Moses. We know Moses came a mighty long way from this point. Now, really, that many days have passed in Bible terms, but... In terms of what is happening in his life, a lot has happened. How many of you know that a lot can happen in a little bit of time? God can do a lot in a little bit of time. In fact, the Bible says, well, day to man is a thousand days to man is like a day in the sight of God. Like time for God is not relevant. In fact, we understand that although God does not function in time, he functions in his perfect timing. God has his own idea of time. Well, I'll tell you when it's good. I'm going to tell you when this makes sense. I'm going to tell you how it's going to work. And if you like it, great. If you don't, great. We really don't have a say when it comes on to how God chooses to do things. The only say we have is either acceptance or denial. 
It's either obedience or rejection. This is the only say we have in the sight of God. Like, like God uh, tells you that you got to do something and you really don't like what he tells you to do. You don't really have a debatable option. You can either accept what he's saying and function in obedience, or you can reject what he's saying and deny it altogether. Now, now what happens in situations like this is, I'm, spoiler alert, it's better to follow God. Okay, but I'm gonna say this, what happens in situations like this is sometimes God will put you in circles so you can get it in your head that you need to understand that it's better to obey than it is to sacrifice. Sometimes God's grace, oh my, I love the grace of God. Because the grace of God allows us chances, man. It gives us opportunities to get it right. It, it gives us opportunities to get it together. Like, like God, I really don't want to do this. I can just see God up, he, he up there. Like, he's like, bet. <laughs> and he just allows you to do whatever you want to do. And you're like, God, I don't know what I was doing, man. I came out with a baby. I came out, I was broke. God, I don't know what I was doing. God's like, bet. I mean, you just, you just didn't listen, but, but now that you're here, my grace is sufficient. I'm going to take where you are, and I'm going to put you in the right direction. Will you accept Moses is in this position where he doesn't really like what God's telling him to do, but he's trying to find an honest rebuttal, which in his case is, God, I'm really not good at speaking. Now, backstory, we see that Moses has been, God and Moses have been having a dialogue here in chapter 6. Right? And God is now explaining to him, hey, I'm going to send you into a land, the people that you have now been amongst for some time, when you came out of Egypt, I'm sending you in to do a specific work. And Moses is now saying, hey, you know what? This sounds great and all. I'm really not good at public speaking. Uh, I'm really afraid, as we talked about last week, that Pharaoh and all them people, Pharaoh and them, they're not really going to understand where I'm coming from. Like, I'm not really good. They're going to tell me I'm fake. They're going to tell me that I wasn't sent by God. They're going to tell me all these things. Have you ever been in a position where you sat there or stood there and you were concerned about what God was telling you to do because you were worried about what other people would possibly say about you. Moses found himself in this position. And we continue our context in Exodus chapter 7 and verse 1, where it starts off by saying, And the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. Now, a couple of things here that we have to understand, which is very important. we got to separate the idea and the understanding of Egypt and Pharaoh. Let's talk about this really quick. Anytime we talk about Egypt, especially in the Christian faith, people have this like automatic connotation that like Egypt is the devil. But, but according to scripture, Egypt is not the devil. Egypt refer, refers, or specifically in talking about the typology of scripture, right? It talks about bondage. Egypt refers to bondage. We just automatically assume it's the devil because bondage and the devil go hand in hand, which is, which is correct. But stay with me here for a second. Very important. Egypt represents bondage. Pharaoh represents the Egyptian leader. By definition, we can say Pharaoh is the king of Egypt. Which is really interesting because if Egypt represents bondage or a place of bondage for the people of Israel, and Pharaoh represents the king of Egypt, doesn't it make sense to say that Pharaoh is the king of bondage? Mm, think about this. Pharaoh was king over bondage. In bondage, and bondage itself represents that place where, 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 where someone is bound. Bondage represents that place or that thing that bounds you up. Bondage is not just Egypt. 
But bondage is anything that binds you up. To be bound means to be held together or constricted. What is it in your life that holds you from doing anything that you want to do? Anything you feel led to do, what is it that holds you? Pharaoh was king over bondage, but the people of Israel were in bondage underneath the king of bondage. Mm, stay with me. If Pharaoh was king over bondage, every type of bondage has a Pharaoh. If you're taking notes, write that down. Every type of bondage has a Pharaoh. I'm going to help somebody tonight because I know that there's somebody listening under the sound of my voice right now and you're in a place of bondage. You don't know how to get out of that addiction. That's bondage. You don't know how to remove yourself from that affliction. That's bondage. You might be going through a place of insecurity. That's bondage. You might be going through a place of lack of faith. That is still bondage. What is it that's binding you up from preventing you from being who God has called you to be? Every bondage has a pharaoh. And every bondage leads to the devil. Can't say that Pharaoh himself is the devil, but I'll tell you what though, Pharaoh was often used by the devil. Bondage is that place that binds you up. Where are you right now that you are bound to the thing that prevents you from being who God has called you to be? Let's talk about this. It says, now, and the Lord then said to Moses, and now we know what Pharaoh in Egypt is, right? Said to Moses, and anytime you hear Moses, I want you to draw this parallel to yourself. Because Moses ain't that special, let's be honest. I mean, he was chosen. The Bible says many are called and few are chosen, okay? So he was chosen for a specific thing. There are some people here listening that God has chosen you for something. He ain't just call you. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 you just, you just got to pick up the phone when he calls. No, no, no. Some people, God chooses you. Let's squash this beef right here. Some of you cannot run from what God has called you to do. And, and I would even debate that God has chosen everybody in some area for something. Moses was chosen by God for this. And he says, now, he found himself in a place, right? He says, now, see, verse 1, see, I have made you like God to Pharaoh and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. Now this had me sitting here for a second. Y'all remember how Moses had disbelief that God could be calling him to do a specific thing primarily because he didn't believe in himself because of his speech impediments, right? He was not able to speak a certain way because he stuttered and he, he put himself in a place where he's like, God, I can't do this. Y'all remember when we were talking about this? Well, it's so interesting how God is now saying here in the scripture, he says, now see, I have made you like God to Pharaoh. Now, now if this doesn't speak to your insecurity, ain't nothing will. But let me be honest. God has made you like God to something in your life. What is it that God, that God himself has made you like him to overcome that's holding you bound to where he wants to take you? Some of us are bound by the very thing that God has made you like him for. That, that area of your life that makes you feel inadequate. That bondage right there. Yeah, God has made you a God like him for that. Yeah, that, that part of your family that's broken and you don't know how to get past it. Yeah, God has made you a God like him for that. Yeah, that, that portion of you that you was wondering, you know what, I'm not good enough because of my past, God has made you like him to overcome it. Mm. 
And so Revelation 11.22 says, I believe it's 11.22, it says that they have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the sharing of your testimony. Okay, so people will overcome when you open your mouth. And people will overcome when you finally say yes to God. No matter what, God's going to do what he got to do. The question is, will you allow yourself to be used? See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, meaning the king over bondage. I have made you like God to the king over bondage. So if, if, if you are like God to the king over the thing that God's trying to use you to free someone from, then God has given you power beyond the thing that was meant to hold you and every person around you. Who has God called you to impact that you are bound up from the very thing he gave you power over? Moses found himself right here in the text. God said, now I have made you like God, referring to himself, to Pharaoh. Okay, because we know that in, in these days, Pharaoh was like lowercase God. Anything Pharaoh says goes. He was like God. So God's like, I've made you like God. Not like Pharaoh God, like me God. So, so God's like, listen, if I'm greater than Pharaoh, I'm not going to make you like him. I'm going to make you like me. Your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. And now you know that when Moses, we didn't talk too deep about this last week, um, but this is more in depth in, um, in Exodus chapter 6, right? We learned that Aaron, Moses was in a place of insecurity where he didn't believe that he could do what God had called him to do. So what he did was he had this altercation with God. And God got upset. He was like, oh my gosh, Aaron. Oh my gosh, you don't listen, man. Aaron, you don't listen. I, if I said I'm with you, who can be for you? Who can be against you? See, Moses didn't understand the power of God's word. When God says go, y'all ain't got to worry about what's going to happen. Well, when God says I'm going to be with you, you don't got to worry about how it's going to work out. Well, when God says I got your back, it does not matter the opposition. We talked about this in our Insecure series. Gideon was like, yo, I don't know if I got enough. God was like, cut it. Cut the amount of people you got. But with God, not have less. You know what? Cut that too. But God, we ain't even here. Yo, cut that too. Just so that God could show us that there was nothing we could do on our own without him. Period. Moses was in this position where he said, God, I don't know what to do. I don't think I can do this. And God was like, you're wasting my time. No, this, this is... I code switch, but this is how I felt it happened. God was like, you're wasting my time, okay. And he agreed, the Bible said, he said to Aaron, he said, okay, cool, uh, that guy you got, Aaron, he's gonna be your mouthpiece, go ahead and use him. And the scripture says here in verse one, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. Just for the record, so we understand moving forward, Aaron represented an extension. Aaron was not the leader, he was an extension. And for everybody who reads this text and interprets it like, God, I have something, like, I can't speak well, I'm insecure in this area, God, I don't know if I can do this, God, send me my Aaron. I heard the Lord say, he ain't sending you nobody. Because all Aaron represented was an extension. Now, God might send you something, but stop looking for it in the form of people. God might give you what you need to finally say yes. Finally say yes. He might take away your job, and that was your errand. The, the taking away of your job was your errand because it finally allowed you to move forward. What is it that you think you need that God says, I've already provided, now go. Aaron represented an extension of 
the power of God and the leadership of Moses. Aaron shall be your prophet. Verse 2, let's go. Then it says, you shall speak all that I commanded of you. I will speak all that I commanded of you. What has God said to you concerning specifically where you are? First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 says, First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praise of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. This is what God says about you, that you are a royal priesthood. That means that you're so royal, ain't no Egyptian king, no, 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 no principality, nothing has been given authority over you because you are the righteousness of God. The Bible says that we are the heirs to Christ Jesus. So we are royalty. Y'all need to start walking like kings and queens. We're royalty. We got that royal, you know, that royal strut. You know, that catwalk strut. That's what we got. We walk like, y'all seen, y'all seen homecoming for Beyonce? Y'all seen that? You seen the way she done walk in the, you know, that's the walk that we got to have because we are royalty. You shall speak to all that I've commanded of you and your brother Aaron shall tell Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go out of this land. God gives us assignment. Verse three, but I... God's now, this is God. I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Now, you know, a lot of people get this wrong in scripture. They say, oh, you know, Pharaoh's heart, he was just hard, and he was just, you know, he's in white people, which he didn't, you know, he was just, you know, he is doing his own thing, which he was. Uh, you know, it was just all of Pharaoh's thing, but what people don't realize is God really did harden this dude's heart. Now, I started reading this, and I said, God, why would you harden the heart of the people of the person who's keeping the people bound that you want to free. That almost made, that made no sense. Look, let's be honest, right? You be honest, that makes no sense, right? But, but, but the Bible does say that he uses the dumb things of this world to confound the wise. So, so anytime you say it doesn't make sense, that's where you keep your mouth shut. Because the things that we read in scripture are not meant to make sense unless the Holy Spirit reveals it to you. What has God revealed? He says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Okay, okay, God. And though I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Let's see if I can get the King James Version. Cause King James. Who, anybody got King James in here? Because I, I want to read the King James. I'm going to read the King James. Because King James, I'm reading English Standard Version. Um, it's it's uh, Exodus chapter 7. Exodus chapter 7, verse 3. I'll pull it up here because I want to read it for you guys. I, I, I want to give absolute clarity. Mm-hmm. You got it here? Let me, let me read that one here. King James. King James, right? Yeah, King James. It's King James? Yeah. Exodus chapter 7, right? Exodus chapter 7 and verse 3. So it says here, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs, and my wonders in the land of Egypt. This teaches us the reason why God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And if you are taking notes, this is where you need to write it down. God hardened Pharaoh's hearts just so that he can multiply his signs and wonders 
in the place of bondage. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That is a good place to thank God right there. Because where God has you right now, it might be a place where you feel bound up. But I do know it's a place where God wants to multiply his efforts. Now, now the question is, does, does God harden the place that we're always in? Specifically, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. God may not harden every Pharaoh in your life. He may not do that. But what we do know is this, that God desires to see his signs and wonders become evident in the place that has you bound. See, the thing about evidence, and this is so important, is that we have to understand that no matter where we came from, you'll always see signs and you'll always see wonders. It's not like God doesn't move in signs and wonders. He moves in signs and wonders. In fact, everything that he does concerning Moses in this text and the text to come is all about signs and wonders. So, so it almost would seem as though Moses' life becomes the evidence that he's looking for. But Moses can't really see it. He says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart just so I can multiply signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Okay, verse 4. Pharaoh will not listen to you. And this is what the Lord is saying now. He's not going to listen <laughs> Okay, uh, then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring my hosts, my people of the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt. Yo, this shook me to the core. You want to know why this messed me up? It said here, Pharaoh won't listen. God knows who ain't going to listen, who going to listen for the record, right? I will lay my hand on, look, anytime God says I'll lay my hand on something, <laughs> that is a place where you got to be like, okay. Right. That's, that's the place. Where you, just, you just put your hand together like this and you just say, okay. Because, because where God puts his hand, <laughs> look, whatever his intentions are will come to pass. He says, I will lay my hand on Egypt, which is the place of bondage, and bring my hosts, my people, the children out of Israel, which is so powerful to me because God was laying his hand, but he was telling Moses to go. God was laying his hand, but he was telling Moses to go. What does that tell you? Yes, we are the hands and feet of Jesus. That, that when God moves on this earth, he does use people. Now, don't get it twisted. This is not Moses. This is the hand of God. But God uses those who he chooses. Write that down. God uses whom he chooses. The question is, did he choose you? And the second question is, what did he choose you for? I will lay my hand on Egypt, and I will bring my host, my people of children, the children of Israel, out of the land of bondage by great acts of judgment. Now that's, I ain't gonna lie, that's pretty scary. Because that's how God moves. God says, listen, I'm going to, when God makes a decision, it is judgment. Now, I don't think this is commonly taught in scripture, but anytime God makes a decision, it is judgment. Like, if he says go, it's actually a form of judgment. Ooh! Nobody listen. Nobody. <laughs> Y'all need to write that down. If God says go, it's a form of judgment. It's not like God is saying, you know, you probably should go. No, 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 no. If God says, I need you out of that relationship, it means he already judged it. Mm. If God said, yo, I need you to leave that job, he already judged it. And if God says, yo, listen, um... If you stay there, it'll be the death of you. He already judged it. 
said, I'm going to put my hand in the place of bondage, deliver my people by, meaning this is the method in which he delivers his people. Y'all write this down. God always delivers us by acts of judgment. He delivers us by acts of judgment. This is why we ought to ask the Holy Spirit for help. Mm. Holy Spirit, help me. Because God already judged it. Mm. Problem is, we get stuck in that place of bondage that God had already put judgment on. No, I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. I know we're running out of time. Verse 5 says, An Egyptian shall then know that I am Lord. This is the whole point. So that God will be glorified. When I stretch out my hands against Egypt. Wow. And bring the people of Israel from among them. Wow. Moses and Aaron did so. So did just, excuse me, so they did just as the Lord commanded. Do whatever God tells you to do. Make sure you do whatever God tells you to do. Because I have found that the idea of alignment has nothing to do with being in a line. Has everything to do with it being in God's will for your life. Are you in a place where God's yes is in the same direction you're going in? Moses did so. They did just as God commanded. The Lord had commanded, verse 7. Now, Moses was 80 years old. He was old. Aaron was 83. He was old. old. When they spoke to Pharaoh at this particular time. So, <laughs> I don't know. We don't have time to go in this, okay? Verse 8. Then the Lord said to Moses and to Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, prove yourself by working a miracle, because God knows what he's doing, right? Then you shall say to Aaron, oh, this is so powerful. When God says that Pharaoh is going to say something, he's saying, so Moses, um, what I'm going to need is I'm going to need for you to tell Aaron, look at this here, to tell Aaron specifically, take your staff, cast it down before Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. Underline that. Take your staff and cast it down before Pharaoh. And we spent time talking about this last week. We started talking about the staff and what it meant when Moses casted it down. Go back and listen to it. Then it says that it may become the serpent. And we talked about the rod and how the rod represented not just a rod and a staff, but the rod represented the power of God. Uh, yo, the rod represented the power of God, which means that he told him, take your staff, cast it down before Pharaoh, that it may become a serpent. I'm like, yo, God, what? He said, yes, I need you to do this so it can become the thing that I said. Remember, we talked about this. The rod of God represents the authority and the power of God. So, so he's saying, now, throw your rod down so it can become the power I put in you. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord said. I can't even tell they say, I did what the Lord said. Obedience, it's better to obey than to sacrifice, y'all. Keep writing that down. It's better to obey. I got to obey. I got to obey. I got to follow Jesus. Aaron cast down his staff before Pharaoh and his servant, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh said in verse 11, summon the wise and the sorcerers and they, that, and they, and they the magicians of Egypt also. They came and they did the same by their secret arts. Now, just to paint a picture of what's happening, God told Moses to tell Aaron 
which is interesting. We don't have time to talk about this, but, but the rod originally was Moses's. But, but God told Moses then to, t- to tell Aaron to put the rod down, which is interesting how the rod went from Moses to Aaron. And we talked about this last week, how everybody has their own rod, right? Everybody has their own version of a rod, right? Sometimes that thing, y'all stay with me, this is so powerful, that God gave you, that you don't feel like you can step out in faith to do. And remember what we called Aaron? Aaron was what? An extension. God will give you an extension just to do what he needed to be done. So he brought Aaron to the picture to do the thing that Moses was struggling to do which was to follow through. What is your extension? Y'all pay attention. Although miracles can be built, excuse me, can build your faith, it is often important to understand that we cannot rely on miracles alone. Why? Because the people, excuse me, Moses went and he did a miracle right in front of the people, right in front of the Egyptians. And Pharaoh called his homeboys, you know, the ones that practice voodoo and boo-boo and doo-doo? Yeah, he called them and they came and brought their rod and they was like, bow, they did the same thing. How did they do the same thing? Through voodoo and doo-doo and boo-boo. They did the same exact thing. What does that mean? Even the devil can manipulate things that look like they're God. Oh, y'all stay with me. I know we're running out of time, but this is so important. Satan can imitate some parts of God's work and lead people astray. Y'all, this is the heart of tonight's message. If you cannot discern the signs, you are going to follow the wrong direction. When the, the sorcerers came up, they replicated what Moses did, meaning... <laughs> They didn't replicate God's power, but they imitated it. To imitate means to to be like, to look like, but it's not really the same thing. Just like Paul said this, Paul said, imitate me as I imitate the one who sent me. So, So Paul wasn't God, but he was imitating God. Well, this is what the devil does. The devil says, now I'm gonna imitate God like God's the one who sent me. That's what the devil does. He tries to imitate God. And this right here is where we often get trapped. We get to a fork in the road that says, God, devil. And the devil rolls up, you know, he does a little skip thing, he skips in there and he says, and he swips it around. And he now says, devil, God. And he gets us to a place to where we look at the sign don't pay attention because we cannot discern if it's God. So we follow the sign that says God, but it's really the devil. See, see, the devil comes into places to confuse us, to diffuse our faith, and to improve our sinful lifestyle. The only, excuse me, only the evidence that God gives leads you to the promise that he has. Psalms, Psalms, Psalms 5, verse 8. Psalm 5, verse 8 says, lead me in the right path, O Lord, or my enemies will conquer me. Make your, make your way plain before me to follow. 
Lead me in the right path, O Lord, or my enemies will conquer me. Make your way plain for me to follow. I want every single person listening, all the time that we have left, please, I'm not begging, but I'm, I'm urging you to understand this point. When you don't know which way to go, ask God and he will show you. Just ask him. Don't, don't worry about if you have confidence that it is him. Don't worry about if, if you're 100% sure we talked about this in our Make Me Sure, uh, uh, um, make me sure uh, um, sermon that we talked. You'll never be 100% sure, but you, but you still need faith. You can be 99% sure, but you still need 100% faith. It does not matter. When you don't know where to go, ask him. Say, Lord, make your way plain for me to follow. He will help you because he does not want us to go that way. Make the way plain for me to follow. And when you pray this, I'm telling you, God will make it plain. What does it mean to make plain? It means there is no mistake that God is saying go. There's no mistake which way he's telling you to follow. There ain't no mistake about it. There's no debate. We're not going to debate if this is God. No, this is God. He is sure. He says, awesome. What I'm going to do, because you only understand basketball, I'm going to make sure you're watching TV, and I'm going to make sure a certain commercial comes up, or a man on the TV says something in a certain type of way, and you're just like, whoa, that was God. What does it mean for you to say that was God? That is to be 100% sure. Stay with me. This is so important. I know we run out of time, but we got to get here. Then Pharaoh summoned, and they did the same thing by their demonic acts. Verse 12. For each man casts his own staff. This is so important. This is so important. Because even though this was the demonic folk that were casting their own staff, we talked about this last week. We also have our own staff. The question is, what are you casting it in the name of? You see, you see, these people, these, 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 these kinfolk, we don't call them kinfolk, they were casting in the name of the devil they worshipped. But God wants us to cast in the name of Jesus. Will you cast your rod in Jesus' name? Or will you cast it for the things of the devil? The Bible says in verse 12, for each man casts his own staff. And they became serpents also. But watch this. Aaron's staff swallowed up their staff. What does that tell us? It tells us that when you cast in the right direction, when you cast it in the right water, when you're in the right place at the right time following Jesus Christ, he will always ensure that you will know that it's him. You will know which way to follow. And you will have confirmation because he will engulf all your enemies. There was nothing that can stand up against God himself, not even a fraud. There are frauds all over. You don't even need to be able to identify that. All you got to do is say, God, show me which way to go. And he'll do it all for you. I know in closing, when I come here, I want you guys to grab this point. It says, for each man cast his own staff, and they became serpents. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staff. Still, Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Still, his heart was hardened. Remember we said, God is multiplying his efforts. Write this down. 
Pharaoh's heart was hardened as evidence that God was still multiplying curses. Do not be afraid when times get hard. When you're like, yo, God, I thought you was taking me out of bondage. And God's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I said, so hold on to it. Don't, don't worry about what you thought if it isn't coming to pass right now. Remember what we said, the timing of God is not always our time. But when God chooses, it will always make sense. When? In the fullness of time. Still, Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not listen as the Lord had said. I'm going to close with this point here. Signed, sealed, delivered. I remember specifically when I had sent out this specific package. I had signed it in the right name. I sealed it in the wrong name. I signed the document in my name, but my seal was wrong. What is the seal? The seal is the stuff you put on the front. It's the part you put on the sticker. It's all the stuff that says on the outside, this is where it's gonna go because it's been approved. What's on the inside of this document has been approved and it matches the outside of the document. If the outside doesn't match the inside, it will never get to where you're going. If it is signed by the right person and it's sealed by the right person, it's supposed to get where it's going. And it didn't make it to the destination because it was signed and sealed improperly. I began to think about this in this message and the Lord began to give me perspective. Write this down. God gives, he gave Pharaoh a sign. He did. The signs that he gave Pharaoh, Pharaoh didn't accept it. It was to see, yo, I'm speaking. Don't worry about Moses. I'm speaking. Pharaoh couldn't see it. Multiple reasons. One, his heart was hardened. Also, he had anger and rage in him, and the devil was moving all around, but we're not going to talk about that, not for today. But, but God did give a sign to Pharaoh. God gave Moses the seal. Yo, this is so important. God gave Moses the seal. Because at the end of the day, what ended up happening was this. God told Moses, go. Do as I commanded. Oh, that's the seal. When you follow God's command. Then he gave the people deliverance. And I put it together and I said, wait a second. So you mean if, if God gives Pharaoh a sign and then God gives Moses the seal, do you mean to tell me that it has to reach, it has to help the people reach deliverance? And the Lord told me, yes. He said, when you follow it, it always works. If you have the wrong sign with the right seal, you still have no access to deliverance. But if you have the wrong seal with the right sign, you still have no access to deliverance. In order to get to the place where you're going, you have to have the right sign and the right seal. God gives the signs, the signs and the wonders, but he also gives the seal, the seal of approval. God will approve where you're going and he'll give you what you need to make it there. It takes both in order to reach deliverance. The right sign the right seal will always reach the right place. And the right place is the promise. God has promised some things to us. 
He's promised that he would heal our families, he would heal our bodies, he would help us, he would restore us, he would build in us, he would give to us. When God gives his promise, it's his promise. But it's our responsibility to be in that will of God. It's to be in God's plan, it's to be in his heart. What is God desiring for your life that he's waiting for you to be a part of? There ain't no Pharaoh in hell or high water that can stop the plan of God for your life. But it depends on you. No more, God, I can't do this. I feel insecure. No, no. He'll send you an errand like figure, person, thing that will help you. It will become an extension so you can finally say, okay, let's move. Let's make this thing happen. Whatever you need, God will give it to you. If you need it, he'll give it to you. Moses needed it, so God gave it. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for today. We thank you, Lord, for the word that was given, for the message that was sent. I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen us, that you would give us clarity, that you would remove the clutter from our eyes, that you would help us to see things more clearly. God, I pray, Lord, that you would use this message as a point of contact. Father, I pray that you would sign the agenda that you have for us. Father, seal it in Jesus' name. And Father, send this out so that we could accomplish what you sent out to accomplish. Father, your word says that your word does not come out is not leave and return unto you without accomplishing what it was sent out to do. It does not return null and void. Father, I speak this word over everyone's life that's listening right now, that as they begin to say yes, Lord, and to follow the purpose and the plan that you have for them, God, that you would send your powerful, redeeming, effective, fervent word to come back into their life, accomplished and fulfilled in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you, God, for what you're doing in us. Let this word find us where we are, that it would help us where we're going. We thank you, Father. Strengthen us. Encourage us in Jesus' name. And lastly, I want to pray for any person that's listening right now that would love to give their life to Jesus Christ. This is a very important time, probably the most important time of tonight where I get to pray for you. Uh, but it's not about me. It's not about us. It's about what God wants to do in your life. If that is you and you want to know, you want to come to know this Jesus that we talk so passionately about here at TDM, I want to pray for you that you would accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. If that is you, I would love for you to put a one in the comment section or connect with one of our chat hosts. But if that is you, I want you to pray this prayer with me. In fact, repeat it after me. Father, I thank you for keeping me and preserving me for a time such as this. Lord, I ask that you come into my life as my Lord and my Savior. I realize that I'm a sinner and I fall short of your glory. I ask now, God, that you would renew me and restore me. Save me. I'm yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey family, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that it was a blessing to you. If you have any questions, comments, testimonies, or prayer requests, we would love to hear from you. Send us a message to the Detox Movement on all social platforms. 
And be sure to get your official Detox Brand merch at thedetoxbrand.com. And above all things, family, remember that you are loved, you are blessed, you are beautiful, and most importantly, you are detoxified by God's amazing grace. And until next week, family, God bless you.